Welcome, folks. We are Release the Adventure, a podcast about going outside and going on adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Sean. And this episode is super important to us because we got to go on an adventure. Yeah, we did. And it was a big boy. Yeah. It was one of those mark off the bucket list type of adventures, and I'm really happy with it. We got to go to Moab. We went to the promised land. Oh, the the place that every YouTuber that rides a bike, you got to go to Moab. You got to go to Moab. Got to go to Moab. Then they say you got to go to Whistler. We'll get to that at some point. But we made it to Whistler. We made it. For sure. So, Memorial Day weekend, right? I hope you guys got out. I hope you got to outside. I hope you got some fresh air. Maybe got some exercise in. We sure did. Oh, yeah. We just, we decided that instead of taking the four days or five days that is our Memorial Day weekend and riding Kurt Gowdy, Happy Jack, and Horsetooth, and Lowry State Park that are close to our houses, we were going to take the diesel, load her up, and drive all the way out to Fruta, Colorado, and Moab, Utah. Yep. Yeah, it was very, very exciting. I mean, this is something that we've been talking about since we got into mountain biking. So, I mean, it's been a long time coming. And, you know, uh, I think we're finally at the point where, like, we're decent enough to kind of handle Moab. Uh, You know, as we go on with our conversation, you know, there was a lot of stuff that we weren't prepared for with, with Moab. But, oh, yeah. you know, we were, we were at a decent enough point. You know, we'd, we've proven our chops a little bit here, a little little bit there. And so it's been a long time coming, and it, w- it was a lot. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Even even in Fruta. Fruta ain't, oh, yeah. ain't, ain't no slouch. I mean, Fruta kind of lives in the shadow of, of Moab, but they had some really good trails in just the little area that, that we were in. And there's even more like slick rock trails around around town in Fruta that we didn't get to explore. So even then that was super fun. So uh, why don't we talk about uh, Fruta more to start, Brad? So Sean, I actually want to start from the beginning. Oh, you want to start from the beginning, beginning. All right. From the very beginning when you rolled up to my house. Rolling up in good old Laramie. So when I thought about this trip, I was like, well, I want to take the truck because we have a tent that goes in the truck bed so i was like i want to live in the taj mahal i want to be comfortable i don't own a camper i want to be in a little bit better of a situation than sleeping on the ground so we were packing up the truck sean showed up we started putting his stuff in and the first thing that anybody who owns a truck that transports bikes they need a tailgate protector well us being broke kids we decided to go with the best version, a cardboard box strapped oh, yeah. over it, which didn't look good, but it worked really well. So if you oh, guys yeah. ever have the chance or own a truck to protect your bikes, at least throw a piece of cardboard, protects your front suspension and your frame, and it works. You can get your bike where it needs to go. Yeah, and also protects the tailgate of your truck, so... Exactly. So from there, we packed up, we drove down south, and then over to the west, and it was smooth sailing. It was pretty good weather, AC doesn't work in the truck, so the windows were down the whole time, but yeah. it was a pretty good time. Yeah. We made it all the way to Fruta, and we were going to 18 Road, which if you search that on MTV Project or Trail Forks, it'll pop up. And just as we're about to turn on to 18 Road, the truck dies. <laughs> womp womp. And the defeat in our faces, I wish we would have took a picture. Because <laughs> I was just like, did did that just happen? That yeah, the didn't defeat just... was immeasurable. Because, <laughs> oh, I wasn't ready. No. I, wa- I was not ready. And so the truck just died. It seemed like it was a fuel problem, so we tried to start it again, got up and running, drove a little bit, dies again. Yeah. We have zero idea at this point 
what is going on. Yeah, I'm doing some frantic Googling about F-250s. And there's some things about this, some things about that. But, you know, there wasn't any leaks in the truck. All, all the gauges were fine. Everything was really normal. So I was like, what in the world is happening to this truck right now? And it was just like, oh, my God. After it died the second time, I was just like, well, this is it. <laughs> there goes the trip. We're <laughs> there goes the trip. Time, time to call the tow truck in. And, oh, boy, I don't even know right. what. So we actually started it up again. Started driving toward 18 Road just to make sure, just if we were going to make it there, at least it would die there and we could ride bikes for a day or two. At least something. Yeah. So we go ahead and I just get on it. And I'm blowing a bunch of coal, trying to get it as running as possible. And then we had no issues after that. And then we get to the campsite Super bummed that the paid sites that are close to the trails were all taken, but there's really nice BLM land that has lots of sites if you get there early enough for free camping. Yeah, and they have those paid sites that are nice too. It's just with the BLM stuff, there is no reservations. So it's uh, it's something that's... Even with us going up on Thursday, we thought, man, it's going to be difficult no matter what with Memorial Day weekend, but maybe with everything that's going on with the world with COVID-19, you know, maybe, maybe there's a chance we can get a nice paid spot. Didn't get a nice paid spot. That's okay. Even in the Dust Bowl of the free spots, it was it was decent, you know. It was just fine. It was free and it was acceptable. So really not too big of a deal there, but... You know, we weren't there for the camping. We were there for the trails. Exactly. So I guess let's start with the first. So day one, we set everything up and we go, okay, we got to go ride. We got to do at least one trail tonight. Yeah. And it ended up being about a two mile, two and a half mile climb up on a fire road. So it wasn't a hard climb. It was just long. Never your favorite. Yeah. And then we ended up riding... Pumps, Bumps, and Rollers, a.k.a. PBR. Yes, which is, I can never remember that name, ever. <laughs> All I think of is Pibber, and life is what it is, but <laughs> yeah. So we get up to the top of this. We're both tired because we just drove six hours, but we were excited for some single track. Of course. Sean, what was your first impressions of PBR? It was fun. I mean... When we were looking on MTB, MTB Project, we were just looking for something kind of flowy and Pumps, Bumps, Rollers kind of fit that bill. And it was it was good. It fit exactly that. It was very flowy. It was kind of a table, a small tabletop jump trail and it had lots of berms. And I'm all about having lots of berms because I'm not super big into doing off-camber turns, especially when there's sand around. Not Not into that. So I was really stoked for the berms, and I wish we had more time to session that trail because that would have been a really good trail to do to get some jump progression in to it and kind of dial in some 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 jumping skills because that's something that we don't really have an opportunity to do very often unless we're at like Valmont Bike Park. I have the exact same feelings about it. I thought it was an amazing little trail, about two miles of descent. I loved my biggest thing were the little doubles. That were like, mm -hmm. you could pump them and get a lot more speed out of it. Yeah. Or you could, in our experience, try to shoot the double, which I cased like three of them. And oh, then yeah. I gave up. And then I was like, I'm just going to pump the rest. I got it. <laughs> and like Sean said, it's a great one that would help with progression and help with development. Next time we go, I definitely want to get a shuttle going on that trail yeah. specifically. To do two or three laps in a row just for the ability to be like, okay, so I know I need this much more speed for this double. Okay, I, I need it to slow down because there's a double, then a triple. Right. <laughs> and that For sure. That's one th If someone's out in Fruta and they want to start their own business and get out of their nine-to-five job in Fruta and they own a truck, start a shuttling service for 18 Road. And the other trails around there. I mean, even just eight, 18 Road, just going up that darn fire road was such a pain in the butt. Like, it wasn't hard. 
it was a decent amount of gradient. It was just long, and <laughs> I get you you, you got to earn your descent, but you know what? It still <laughs> was not fun going up that over and over and over again throughout the weekend. For sure. And, you know, you could just charge like, like, Twenty thirty dollars for for the day, you know, stamp stamps pe- people's hands, and you see him at, at the bottom, and you just keep cycling people over and over. You could make a lot of money out, out out there. That's how I feel too. I think that it's the perfect shuttle trail because it has a well done road. It's mm-hmm. not even really a fire road; it's an actual road. It would be really easy to just go to the bottom, flip a Yui, ride it back up. Um, yeah. So that's PBR. So at the end of the night, we decided to make some hamburgers, which was nice. Did we eat anything with the hamburgers, or was it just hamburgers? Yeah, it was just hamburgers, just uh, cheese and ketchup, mustard, mayo, nothing nothing too special there. No. So then we slept. Uh, I was dumb, because I... The weather was warming up, and I was like, I only need my small sleeping bag. Sure enough, 2.30 in the morning, I'm freezing. <laughs> Cuddle it up on my, uh, in, in my little tiny thing with my blanket, trying to get them warm. But other than that, I slept well. Um, very quiet area for the amount of people that yeah. were in that little valley. So that was nice. Yeah, I mean, I just had my little two-person tent, my REI half dome two or whatever it's called and had my little backpacking pad. Um, and yeah, it was, it was all right. Usually I don't sleep great when I'm camping just cause unfamiliar place, the feeling of vulnerability in, in a tent. So usually I don't sleep super great in the tent, but I remembered to bring sleepy pills with me this time and I slept a lot better than usual. So I was happy about that. So next morning woke up seven, eight ish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I woke up at like 8. I think I woke you up at like 8.30-ish. Yeah, I, I'm i a hard sleeper. Once I'm asleep, I just sleep. So it was nice that Sean came and knocked and got me up. Actually, he opened the truck door, and that's what woke me up because I thought somebody was getting into my house. <laughs> and then so. you heard a little a little jet turbine, a.k.a. a spray, the spraying um, sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were super loud. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess it's time to get up. Yeah. So we get up and right away we rode up that fire road to a trail called Zippity Doodah. Which oh, is man. the highest rated trail in 18 Road. Yeah. Which has its reason. It was a lot of work, but a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. I... In hindsight, I had fun on the trail. Well, we can talk about it more. <laughs> but I, I had a hard time with it. I had kind of a freak out with my bike. And I think a, a better word for it is a bit of a like mental breakdown turning into a tantrum, basically, because I was mad at myself. But it was like, for difficulty-wise, there was exposure in some points, points. And by exposure, we mean there's a possibility for you to fall off a cliff, essentially. Mm-hmm. And this trail reminded me a lot of like the Devil's Backbone in Loveland, yes. where it was steep up, steep up, steep up, and steep down, steep down. Yeah. So it was and like a little roller coaster effect going on. A lot of those descents were definitely black in range wise, purely for the scent. It was probably, I think the biggest one was probably 200 feet at a very high grade where you're just sending it super fast and you're picking up a lot of speed and then you got to climb back up the next one but yeah. dropping down on those sometimes is very nerve wracking and if you give it time to, to fester yeah, it can really mess with your mind and that just comes with experience and time and looking at trails and even people who have ridden two or three years there's stuff that you look at and you go, I, okay, not today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in hindsight, I think I could have done it, but the issue was is that we stopped when we were at one of those really steep gradients. I don't know. It was, 
it was really steep. I don't know what kind of gradient you'd want to call that, but it felt like a 60 degree angle. <laughs> it, it was felt like that. It was rough. It was yeah. very, very steep. Very steep. But yeah, it was one of those things where when we were first coming up to it, it was one of those things where you, you, it's almost better if you just don't even look down and just keep on going with the flow and just trust your instincts, trust, trust your techniques of getting back behind the bike, getting real low, you know, and just grip it on and go, going for it, you know, but I made the mistake of stopping and looking down over the, over the ledge and <laughs> then I tried it and then I stopped, did a second run up and then second run up, I failed again. And I was just like, nope, nope, can't just cause with my bike, I have an extra large frame. So I naturally sit higher, have a higher center of gravity. And two, because of that, it's harder for me to get over the rear of my bike, even with my dropper post. So I can't properly get into like a, like a BMX style mode, like most properly sized bikes. It kind of feels like a BMX bike when your dropper post is down all, all the way with my bike. It still just feels big. And so I just didn't trust my bike to be able to properly carry me down the hill. And I just didn't trust myself in that point too. So I, I had a hard time going down those giant descents. And they scared me as well. With my full suspension squish, with my hydraulic brakes, I was puckered. I was holding on, <laughs> hurting my hands, just putting my butt as far back as I could on the tire, just trying not to go OTB. Because that's the biggest yeah. risk with it. And it, it definitely felt like it several times mm -hmm. on more than just the one that we're talking about, but the entire trail, because it had lots of that roller coaster thing Sean was talking about. Yeah. You actually did kind of crash on you was it earlier in CPD Doodah? I think it was earlier. But, yeah. And that was cuz so it had a it had a pretty steep descent that went up and I expected it to just be another descent on the other side. Well, I picked up enough speed where I was like, okay, I'm going to try to like kind of sequence these together and pick up some speed. Instead of stop on every single top of these. Mm -hmm. And of course, the one I try to do that on has a double right behind it. Yeah. So I pump into it thinking I could like pump my way out of it, I guess. And I picked up speed like that. And before I knew it, I was off the trail on my side, I think. And then I rolled. And I don't know how I didn't go over my bike. Maybe I did. Maybe I don't know what happened. Your but bike I know more, I rolled. Your bike more flipped over you than you flipping over the bike. Okay. See, it, it was one of those crashes that I crashed and then I got up and I was like, huh. Well, that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it did. I didn't hurt. It just shook me a little bit and I was like, well, I should have slowed down for that. <laughs> Looking at and because I didn't even see what I'd hit wrong i just knew that i was going through the dirt and my bike was over there and i was over here yeah it was interesting to watch from from my angle that's for sure <laughs> it looked it looked pretty bad it looked like from my angle you're going otb with at high speed so i was like oh boy this is bad <laughs> but you just ended up just rolling out of it pretty much perfectly so yeah so it worked out that was a nice calm crash I did have another one later in the trip, which we'll get to. But so we finished Zippity Doo Dot, and this was all before breakfast, which I recommend eating before you do Zippity Doo Dot because it's a little bit longer of a trail. It's pretty high intensity. I wish I had a little bit more juice in the stomach to be able to get me going. But we made it through, went back, made some eggs, made some bacon. Yeah. I mean, it, what was Zippity Doodah like? Nine miles, or was it a little less than that? I think it was only like seven. It from felt the, the, the loop we did from our campsite up to the trailhead, over on whatever trail that was. So the full length of Zippity Doodah from our campsite was just about over six and a half miles. Six and a half? That thing. <laughs> I know. It doesn't. It feels like 20 miles. I think it felt so torturous just because of how steep the ascents were climbing mm -hmm. up it and then 
getting like a downhill reward for like 10 seconds <laughs> and then climbing again yeah that was rough it felt like 13 in, in my mind i was like oh god this is going on forever <laughs> yeah Man, only six and a half Jeez. so we ended up taking 18 road up to front side front side over to zippity doodah down to which is down to basically a fire road ish um called Mojo, which Mojo is also a trail we'll talk about. And then it goes over back to the campsite. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. So very good trail. Pretty fun, but I wish we were in a little bit better physical health. Yeah. When it came to that trail, especially with what we were going to do the next day, I wish we would have thought about it, but life happened. We did what we did. Yeah, I was definitely in a sampling mood where it was just like, all right, well, we got to get 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 the biggest, baddest one done, right? Yeah, exactly. That's maybe a little little short-sighted there <laughs> on, on my end. Yeah, me too. I was on the same train. Um, so we get back to the campsite, ate some eggs, ate some bacon. Then we kind of chilled out, took a morning slash lunchish nap, which was extremely beneficial for me. I felt juiced up after that with a little bit more energy. Yeah, it, it was good. We had a little lunch. It was good. And after that, we did Joe's Ridge. Right? Joe's Ridge. And I like Joe's Ridge a lot more than Zipty Doodah. It seemed like you could connect different features and sequence it better rather than just up 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 and then down for a second and then well time to hike a bike because that climb is ridiculous <laughs> and this one you could actually sequence things and there was these fun little wall rides on towards the end of Joe's oh Ridge. yeah and i really yeah. like those little wall, wall, wall ride things those are fun and uh there's a few few jump spots that you could take and those, those were fun too I, I liked it overall a lot more and that was just under about five miles and i really enjoyed that trail as well for the same reasons little more flowy could get a little bit more going together which i enjoyed yeah zippity doodah is just all about puckering for like 10 seconds <laughs> of just pure <laughs> violent speed and joe's ridge is more a little bit more techy and it has some jump features and a little bit more about sequencing and flow so you know that's kind of kind of more my gm exactly so i guess okay so after that trail uh, we went and sat down. I don't think we even cooked anything. I think we just were chilling. Yeah. Um, we decided that we were going to look into going to Moab that night instead of the next morning, which I'm really happy we did. Yeah, me too. Because I couldn't have imagined doing what we did at Moab after getting up at 545 in the morning. Oh, God. That would have been rough. Yeah, rough, rough. it would have been rough. So we went ahead Searched out, got lucky. Somebody had canceled on a tent site at an actual resort camping. So basically somewhere that has bathrooms and things like that. So we yeah. jumped on that, got in the truck. Truck ran great. Still don't know what was wrong. It's <laughs> <I>, weird. <laughs> got all the way to Moab. No issues. Picked up some food, picked up some beer. Got to the campsite, and it was a really nice place. Yeah, it, I was, I was super happy about it. I mean, in the past, I've definitely thrown some shade at glamping, but you know what? I loved every <laughs> second of it. <laughs> I was so happy to have a shower, and the little camp pad was nice. The dirt was softer there because I was, you know, I was camping on the ground, so that was nice and. I like that we had a physical table, bigger physical table, and that we had our own little camping or camping spot. Our own little fire pit spot was really nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and it was quiet there. Biggest downside though was the road noise was quite loud. Our neighbors were quiet, but the road noise was really loud because we were yeah. right next to the main drag for Moab. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I just yeah, it was a little much, but for thirty bucks, we got a shower. We got to have a nice little fire, made some spaghetti so we could yeah. fuel up for the next day. Yep. So 
Overall, finally got no some cervezas in for that night. Ooh, yes, we did. A <laughs> wonderful mango from mango beer from somewhere in Utah. And yeah, I got two mango or two mango two Utah breweries because I haven't had many beers from Utah, so that was kind of cool. They were both delicious, which was nice. So, I guess let's talk about Saturday morning. The biggie, the big day, the, the big head honcho. Or as other people call it, the whole enchilada. The whole enchilada, baby. So, we pack up the tents, get everything put away. We took Sean's bike apart so no one would have the wouldn't be encouraged to steal it. Put it on the bottom of the truck bed, put a couple things on it. And you're like, what? Sean needs to ride a bike, though. Right? He, right? <laughs> he, I think he needs a bike. I would think so. <laughs> Walking, hiking the whole enchilada did not seem that oh. fun. That is not, uh, we're not. That is not a five-star hiking trail. There are much better hiking trails around the world, but man, is that yeah. a great mountain biking trail. <laughs> exactly. So we drive over to Double Down Bike Shop, which I want to just immediately give them a big shout out. Um, they were very courteous, very kind, very informational when it came to talking us through what we wanted to do on the trail, helping Sean with his rental bike. Yeah. So I just, I, I really enjoyed that bike shop overall. Yeah, it was cool. It, it had kind of a hometown kind of feel to it rather than like a big, bigger shop which was cool. And I appreciated that they took into consideration what our concerns were can like with our physical, physical performance, where, where our physical health is at and how long we were thinking we could go. And so I was happy that they gave us options about where to get off rather than doing like the whole 34 mile downhill. And so I was, I was happy that they were walking us through it and yeah, it was good. I really liked the bike that I had and uh, I, I think I officially owe Kona an apology. <laughs> a big, not big th- apology. Not that Kona has really been listening, but <laughs> for what it's worth, Kona, I'm sorry. I rented your bike, the Kona Process 29er153, and it was wonderful. However, Kona, <laughs> I will say your dropper post was really bad, and the pedals that, that came with it, I think those were a Kona proprietary pedal as they well. They were. If they weren't, forget about it, Kona, but those pedals suck too. But the main bike was awesome. Really, really fun bike. And I take it back. You know, if anyone out there wants (laughs) to buy a Kona, Dexter, if you're listening, I'm talking to you. If you want to go and buy a Kona, go buy a Kona. I still think there's (laughs) better bikes out there, but they're very capable, very fun bikes. Exactly. So... We get a rentals, we get everything set up. Um, we decide to go to a, another bike shop because we had about an hour and a half to look for some helmets because we were thinking about getting some full face and ended up not finding any full face helmets. But oh, we, we found some full, full faces, just oh, $300 full, full faces. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we didn't find any for us. Right. <laughs> anything above 250 in my mind. I don't need that. Yeah, it's a little steep. I don't I don't ride enough needing a full face. Exactly. If we live next to Whistler, oh, I'd yeah. go spend 350 bucks. Because I'd like to protect my noggin because I'll probably fall on it four or five times. <laughs> exactly. So we go and we're looking. Sean finds himself a nice pair of gloves. Cause I had forgot my gosh darn gloves for the entire trip. So You're lucky bumming, I had backups. Bumming Brad's backup <laughs> plan. <laughs> so that was nice that Sean could find those. I found a really nice blue scale looking jersey um, from was it Chili Ch- Chili bike Chili shop. Pepper Chili Pepper Bike Shop Chili Pepper Bike Shop, which was that was a great place too. Very kind people. They had a lot more selection than Double Down. But I think they're also more centralized in town, so they get a lot more foot traffic. Yeah, they were on the main drag, whereas Double Down, you kind of want to go there. You kind of you're you're purposefully going to Double Down. Yeah, and I also got a tailgate cover to replace our piece of cardboard. 
Yeah, that was cool. So, and that was on sale. So, big shout out to them. Whether or not they meant to have it on sale or what, but I got about 30 bucks off of what you could buy it on Amazon. So, I was pretty happy about it. Yeah, I was surprised you got it cheaper than than, than Amazon. Because I was like, oh, well, shoot. If it's cheaper than Amazon, you're going to be pretty hard-pressed to find it cheaper anywhere else then. And that's why I picked it up when I did. I'm glad that we got it. Good to have... um, to protect your rental bike, plus now it's a little bit safer for our bikes in general. And so that's good to have. We moved on from there, went back to Double Down, and waited about a what, half hour, 45 minutes for the shuttle to show up. Yeah, it was, it was about a half hour. I mean, it probably took 45 minutes in total to load everybody up, but as for actually them physically getting there, it was probably 30 minutes. And then we get on... With Rona going on, mass had to be a thing, which I kind of enjoyed because when you're in a small area with people you don't know, I kind of liked that I didn't have the chance of getting as sick as you normally would. Yeah, especially with Moab kind of being in peak season right now and a lot of tourists, including ourselves, you know, being tourists out there, you just don't know where they're from, where they're working, so on and so forth, so. I was happy that they were complying as much as they could, but still offering a service. So I, I was happy about that. Um, so our shuttle driver, I don't remember his name. Do you? No, I don't. He's he's <sighs> the owner of Porcupine sh- Shuttles, though, in Moab. Really nice guy. He's a little bit older. He's I think he's in his 50s, he said. He's kind of a shoulder, sh- shorter guy, but he's got a big, a big old mouth. And by that, yeah. I just mean he's constantly talking and he's the type yeah. of guy that has a problem with with silence and not 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 talking that was clearly evident in our shuttle ride exactly <laughs> always and trying to get people to laugh and whatnot it was a great conversation he was very knowledgeable um he was talking to a couple locals that were also riding with us that were going somewhere more north of where our drop-off was yeah so, they were they were riding up past hazard so. Yes. So going into that, it took about 30 to 40 minutes to get up there. And he dropped us off at Hazard. So the top of Hazard, which if you're looking at, at a trail map of the whole enchilada, that is not the top. The top is Burrow, mm-hmm. which I there's no way. No, we, we need to be I, better in shape. I, I don't yeah, no, that I, you couldn't get me to do it. I, not, no. not at my current current fitness level. I, I, I couldn't do the whole thirty-four mile down, downhill. My gosh, my hands were so, so <laughs> dead. <laughs> just yeah, the constant chatter in the rock gardens. Oh my god, I, I need to just get one of those little uh, hand hand muscle trainers, just constantly squeezing that thing to get ready for for the downhill parks that we want to do later this summer. Exactly. Yeah, me too. So we ended up cutting off at about 10 miles lower than the very top at Hazard County, which then moved into Cocopelli. Yeah, Cocopelli. Yeah, UPS and then LPS. So I guess let's start with Hazard. I absolutely freaking loved that section of that trail. Yeah, that was fun. That's we're that's where we're at. We were kind of like 11,000 feet, so kind of in that high alpine section. Really fun. There was some rock gardens, and there was some, some berms. It, ha- it had a little bit of everything. And I would say that's where, where we were still fresh, so I think that's where some of the, more of the appreciation was because mm-hmm. we are fresh. But, yeah, it was it was cool. And uh, there, was, there was a little bit of everything. It was flowy. Had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Really fun. Yeah, 100% agree. And then we moved into Cocopelli, which... That, that was fun. That was fun just for the sheer speed of so it. Good because you just blow through it. Because it gives you a lot of opportunity to just start piecing stuff together. It's all single track. Or no, no, no. Double track. It's all double track on Cocopelli. Yeah, it's it goes pretty wide into single track so you could pick up get 20 miles an hour going if you were really getting it oh yeah and start hitting little bumps and 
it definitely looked like there'd been some mountain bikers that had come in there and formed some little hips off the yeah. side of the road. Yeah, it was cool. It was a blast. That was super fun, super fast. So it took the, I think it's a four or five mile section. That thing blew. That that was so fast. That was the fastest part of the trail. But yeah, I, I really enjoy just going in through there, pumping into l- little jumps and just experiencing the speed and not feeling like I was going to die. Cause usually with my bike, I just don't trust it at, at high speeds. And at that, that trail, I felt really, really at home with it. And it was, uh, it was nice being able to do that and being able to hit jumps at that high speed was really cool too. So it was really well made with as fast as you're going and being able to hit those jumps was pretty cool. And so it's about two miles, which we just blew through. Fastest two miles I've ever rode. (laughs) Yeah, in about five minutes, and it was awesome. And then we move into UPS. This is probably the highlight of it for me. That was my favorite as well. It had some really good single track with some chunky rock gardens. But you'd go through these, and then you'd pop out onto a slab of slick rock. And then it would go into some really dirt kind of high exposure going onto the side of the cliff and then cutting back down into these big slabs and you could choose your own lines and it kind of gave opportunity to play around. Yeah. And there was with UPS, what I really liked is there was the, if you were kind of wary, kind of getting, getting used to things, just maybe not as experienced. There was the easy line and there's always a harder line where you could, huck it, you know, jump off a little, little rock edge, you know, something like that. So I I like the variety of line choices that were on UPS. Me too. So UPS was a really good time. I think that was, I'm going to say it again, still probably my favorite section that we did the entire day. Yeah. You didn't talk about your highlight of glory, your, your big, Oh, sugars. Coup de grave mountain biking performance. You're, you're just magnus opus of hitting sketchy features. <laughs> I, was, I wouldn't even call it any of those things. I would call it sure dumb luck. Because <laughs> Okay, so you go around this corner. It's blind coming into this big slab. Beautiful slab. I was like, I'm going to pick up some speed. It looks like it has a roller at the end. I'm just going to roll off. It'll be good, right? I'm leading the group. Sean's behind me. There's probably eight or nine other people behind him that are in another group that are kind of trolling behind us. And I was like, okay, I got this. This is fine. And before I knew it, I was on an edge. (laughs) And I've done drops before. I've done six, eight-foot drops at a bike park where the bottom is a perfect slope to go down. Right. Where it's not scary. Because you know that you can land and roll out. Exactly. Well, this landed on flat. Mm -hmm. And it was about a seven foot drop. Yeah, it was really big. (laughs) I just went. I landed it perfectly. Parked my bike. Dropped it. Took off my helmet and started screaming. Because (laughs) I was like, what just happened? There's no way that just happened. This isn't real. And sure enough... Sean stops right before it, and then two more people stop right next to it. And I'm like, oh, I just did that. Oh, I just did that. (laughs) I wasn't supposed to do that, but I definitely did did it. And everybody, like, out of that other group looks looks down and goes, you just did that? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know, bro. Yeah, I did. I did it. Yeah. I'm just over there being, being a cheerleader. You did it. You did it. You animal. And I, and I was like, what? I did it. <laughs> oh, Dora would be proud. Yeah. Dora would be proud. I freaked out. I was really excited. And it was like, that was the highlight for the next like 15 minutes. that got me back excited. Cause by that point I was starting to feel a little chatter in my hands. I was starting to get tired, but Adrenaline took over because I just sent it. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So we moved on from that. The rest of UPS was really fun. And then we went to LPS, which starts with the sketchiest 
like almost double black feature, which does not feel blue to me. Oh because my god! That's the entry, so crazy. the entry is probably a blue into a blue black, but then the next switchback is a black, no doubt, because there's oh, yeah. a giant rock that's probably ten or fifteen feet long at a huge steep slope, and people were sending it. And we went and just crawled down it with with exposure too. Like if oh yeah, if you went OTB on your bike on that switchback, you'd be going down the cliff. And that leads into an, another really sketchy uh, section, which is you would hit like like a thirty foot drop as you're going OTB. You would you you would die or you would break most bones in, in your your body if you went OTB on that switchback. It was super sketchy. Exactly. So once we got. Through LPS, we hadn't made it all the way through. We did what we do best. We take wrong turns. We're really good at that. <laughs> so we took a left when we should have went right. And ended up on Notch. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's only a half mile. Half mile of hell. <laughs> but we went half mile the wrong way. Yeah. So it's supposed to be a descent-only trail. Well, we made it an ascent trail. And the the beginning of it, actually, I have to be honest, Sean, had some really fun single track. Yeah, like the first quarter mile, but then it reaches this like double black nearing pro-line level descent. But we had to climb up that thing. So we hike a bike about a quarter mile, which you're like, that's not that far. But with a 50-pound bike... After riding some of the hardest trails we've ever done and being tired, so on and so forth, Moloki excuses, but we climbed up a really aggressive quarter mile, got to the top, realized we had just ridden the same section again. Yep. So we had to ride LPS, that section we already did, climb down that entry switchback again in front of people who were much better than us which just added insult to injury taking the walk of shame because i was so oh i was personally i was pissed i was pretty gone when it came to the frustration because i was so mad that we took a wrong turn yeah when i thought it was foolproof but i guess it wasn't yeah to add insult to injury you had your your Painful crash on notch. Oh, yes. In addition so, to your bike it kind of exploding a little bit. So we went and right at the bottom of notch, right at there, switch back in notch. So right in the middle before we had to do this stupid quarter mile climb. I'm sorry that I forgot because I'm still mad about the climb. <laughs> I had hooked my handlebar on a tree, spun my handlebars, went OTB. While basically uh, pinching my tire, so releasing all of the air, slamming my chest into the ground, and then my bike slamming me in the head over my back. <laughs> in sand. So Ouch. it was everywhere. I was t- I was already tired and frustrated and mad about that. I thought I'd broken a rim or pinched a tire to the point where I was going to have to put a tube in and then limp all the way back. But luckily, put a CO2 cartridge to it, put a little risk into it, aired it up, popped the bead right back, worked great, got me out of there, actually got me home with no other issues. Yeah. So we go, we get back, do the walk of shame, do LPS again. The last part of LPS was actually really fun if we weren't tired. That part was fun. I'm not if, gonna lie. We, if we weren't so tired from that half mile struggle bus, yeah. I think the last part of LPS would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I definitely want to do it again purely because I think it, if we got our minds right, mm-hmm. it would have been a good time. Yeah, I, exactly. And part, part of that thing with Notch was it, it wasn't just a climb, it was literally climbing up a cliff with our bikes on our shoulders, you know? 
So it wasn't just, oh, it's, it's, it's a hard climb. No, you literally a cliff climbing up a cliff, like, like a, like a climbing cliff <laughs> with our bikes yeah. on our shoulders, you know? So that was ridiculous. Yeah. And not just as a black, by the way, just I, so there's knows. that section that we climbed up. That's a double black feature. Yep. So yeah, a good time that wasn't a good time. Yeah, exactly. By that point, when we had gotten through the fun part of LPS, it was just an after brass crash and us already going through a lot of miles that we weren't ready for and being tired from the last two days. It was just, we were, we were already past our wall, I feel like, but we weren't anywhere close to town. So it was just like, we got to kind of get off this mountain. Otherwise, we're going to hurt ourselves because... For me, at least, like everything was becoming difficult. All the little things were just becoming difficult. And that's when big mistakes happen, when all the little things that you should normally have dialed in become difficult. That's how I felt, too. And I was like, okay, let's get through this. We were planning on doing a trail called Falcon's Flow. But timing-wise, we just didn't have enough time. And we were also pretty tired. So we didn't want to get ourselves onto something that would be dangerous. So we took a left onto Porcupine Rim, not Porcupine Rim that goes down the mountain, but Porcupine Rim that goes up to get over to Sand Flats Road, which is kind of the get out of jail free card of the whole enchilada. Pretty much. It follows most of it down once you get to UPS. So you can basically find your way out no matter what through taking a couple offshoots that get you over there. And I have to admit, that was probably the worst part, was Porcupine Ridge Rim over to a little uh, Porcupine Rim connector that goes to uh, Sand Flats, because I was tired of climbing. I was tired of it. I thought my bike was broken. I felt broken. (laughs) I just, my mental, my stokeness was gone. Yeah. I just was like, okay, we have like an hour and a half-ish to get down the mountain. Yeah, because I, I had to return my my bike that I rented. Otherwise, they were going to charge me for a second day. So I didn't want to spend another $80 for nothing, essentially. So we were like, okay, time to get stoked to get down this mountain. So we climb up all this stuff, lots of hike-a-bike on a lot of sections because it was just not going to happen. There was going to be too much danger and I was trying to climb and fall. And especially this little connector road, which I'm glad it was there because if not, it would have probably been another six to eight miles on Porcupine Rim, which is a black purely for the sense of how long it is and how chattery and rock gardeny it is the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah, that was good getting off that trail. <laughs> that was so that was rough section there. We finally get onto Sandfly Road, which was a very well maintained dirt road. Some sections had like that hard packed dirt, but most of it was just like a soft, sandy, but well maintained road. Yeah, in hindsight. It's, it's kind of hard for me to say because this is going to be a lot of projection here, but I think it honestly would have been, because again, this is pro, 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 projection, but instead of going sand flats, I think it might have been easier to just do Falcon Flow all the way down. Well, Falcon Flow doesn't go farther than Porcupine Rim. Yeah. So I, it's an it would, extension of it. Right. It, it would have got us back to where what we already did. It's just there were spots on Sandflats Road where we were kind of battling with cars on that road. And there was that mm-hmm. sand and we we're going like 25 miles per hour with loose <laughs> sand. And I really was not liking that. That was sketching mm-hmm. me out. Yeah, my tires were like starting to slide around and getting speed wobbles and stuff. So I was getting sketched out by that. So I don't know. I kind of feel like it might have been at least partway, it would have been easier to do Falcon Flow. But that's just my opinion. A lot of projection there because we didn't actually go on the trail. So it's hard to say. And maybe next time. 
yeah. hopefully next time we're able to plan a little bit more ahead and that type of thing and be able to hit that style of space. Right, for sure. So we rode, I think it was 12 or 14 miles on just that road, which was killing my back, killing my hands, because there was not a lot of uphill, but the downhill was just chattery, holding the brakes the whole time, trying to keep us, t- keep us from falling, keep us from going too fast and crashing, because that would have been horrific. That's what we yeah. don't want. Yeah, ro- when when road bicyclists crash at high speed, I've seen that. That's that's no bueno. <laughs> I, that's kind of how I felt in that moment when we were going down that road. I was like, what are we, ro- road bikers now, man? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we ended up going all the way down, making it finally down to the city, which was ugh, taking forever. Yeah. What it felt like, even though we were sending it, Small small tangent here. I feel like the mountain biking community needs to come up with some sort of thing to ask for a shuttle. And so kind of similar to, you know, just the old hit, hit, hitchhiker's thumb, but just like, I need a ride out kind of thing, or I need a ride up the hill kind of thing. Because <laughs> there are so many people yeah, with, yeah, for with sure. empty that were taking, that had tailgate covers, but were empty, just blowing past us. And I, I felt like I was clearly in pain and I felt like I probably showed that I was visually in pain. And I assumed you looked when we were stopped for a second, you looked like you were visually oh, in pain. And I people looked like just, I was dying. People were just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like a Colorado thing with people like being a little bit nicer in Colorado or what, or I, I don't know, but it would have been really nice if someone would have just been like, Hey, are you guys like dying out here? Because not many mountain bikers come onto this road. So yeah (laughs) what's going on there because most people finish on porcupine rim exactly and they take that down which i would have loved to maybe next time we can do that full trail style thing but yeah i agree sean we need to make up something because or even if you're in a truck or a car or an suv and you have spots for mountain bikes and you see two people riding just pull down, just slow down just a little bit. Are you guys good? Because yeah. I would have said no. Yeah, it it only takes a second to ask if someone's doing okay, you know. And if they are doing okay and they're out there for a reason, great. You can be on your way. But if they are visually struggling and, you know, they're in pain and we were out of water at that point, And we almost never go go through our, through our water. So that was surprising for both of us. Yeah. So. It was a little sketchy there towards the end, just like for our health-wise. So then we finally make it the total ride. And this is from our sweet, sweet Strava. 24.22 miles. That's probably the... that That, that is the longest ride I've ever done in just one session. Me too. And what it looks like is we went from about 9,800 feet down to about 4,000 feet. Yeah, so around 5,300-something of descent. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot. And we definitely overestimated our abilities. But I also think at the same time, it was a really good opportunity for us to push our bodies farther than we normally would. Yeah, for sure. So we finally get to the bottom. Sean, you should tell your story with the bike shop. <laughs> yeah, so we, we had to ride all the way through town, and I was glad to be kind of back in civilization, like, okay, we're in the final stretch kind of thing. So that felt good. And uh, I am i didn't have – I wasn't really checking the times. We were just kind of like racing down there because it was going to be close no matter what. And so we got down to the bike shop at like 440, and I needed to have it returned by 5. So I get there and I roll up kind of as fast as I can. And there's one of the mechanics out there. He's like, hey, did you have a good ride? And then I'm just like, did I make it though? <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, you're totally fine. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make it. We were racing down here for like the last hour and a half. He's like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> he's like, but he's like, so did the bike do okay? I was like, oh, the bike was great, but I feel terrible. <laughs> And he's just looking at me just like, 
what's wrong with this guy? This guy's so weird. This this guy's is this guy on something? I don't know. But <laughs> Yeah, we were on something. The off, struggle of whole enchilada. The kind of a post adrenaline rush through the entire whole enchilada, yeah. He's like, Well, do you do you need anything? I was like, No, I I'm good now. <laughs> I can finally rest. <laughs> yeah. And um Yeah, he, he he was a nice guy and he was just like super like weirded out by my by my niss. Just just like, uh I did it. <laughs> I beat the clock. I I won I won the race. So and to top it all off, on the way down, there's a section that you can get up to probably forty or fifty miles an hour if you wanted to on a bicycle. And my front wheel, I was probably going twenty, was so out of true from that crash that I just saw the wobble. And I was like, just stay together. Just stay together. Just right. get me back to the truck. I don't even. It's okay. I'll pay for you to get fixed. Just get me home. Oh, I'm glad we finished. I'm glad we pushed through. One yeah. part of me wishes someone would have picked us up, but the other part of me is like, "But we did the whole enchilada." But we did the whole enchilada, and that's kind of how it was with like Notch too. It's just like we weren't supposed to do Notch. But we did it, though. But we did it. <laughs> you can't take that from us. Yeah, we, we did, did it. it. It definitely wasn't correct, but we did it. <laughs> exactly. So then from there, we spent the next two and a half hours driving after getting some Wendy's with the best after-ride lemonade. Mm, that was some glorious wow. l- lemonade. So good. Just having all your body kind of drained of nutrients after that. It was just like... Uh, sugar, uh, water, uh, protein. (laughs) So we drove the next two and a half hours. We were just driving to go closer to the house to see if we could find somewhere to stay that night. Sean was calling every single place that we could. I was working the phones. I was feeling like (laughs) Joe Seca coming up with the Matt (laughs) Duchesne trade. Trying to figure it out. Trying to get him. (laughs) And sure enough, Everybody was full, but yeah, it's Saturday Memorial Day. It makes sense, right? So we made the executive decision: we're just gonna drive home all the way back to Laramie from Moab to Laramie. Just one one shot. It just a casual seven hour ride after riding a full five hours on the bike. Exactly. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Let's just. Risk it to get the biscuit. Longest we've ever ridden, totally drained from head to toe, sore from head head, head, head to toe. It's fine. <laughs> what could go wrong? Always. Always what you think, right? We can do it. We got it. Yep. We get all the way to pretty, about an hour and a half from the house, take a slow corner to get on a new highway. I start speeding up. Sure enough. Younger elk jumps right in front of the truck. Yep. Smack. Dead center hit. Its head swings around, hits the quarter panel, hit the bumper, yep. falls straight down. But it jumps straight back up and runs off into the into the dirt. So we were like, okay, let's pull over, check the truck, then check on the elk, that type of thing, call the cops, go through the stuff. Luckily, no issues. On the truck. It's cosmetic. Obviously. Yeah, the, we the truck took it like a champ. It just it had some small dents, but yeah, there was literally nothing wrong mechanically with the truck, which was lucky and super, super amazing. I was really grateful for that because I was just like, oh my god, I do not want to get stranded in the middle of nowhere at like it was like ten forty five at night at that 11, time. I was yeah. just like, I'm just no, please no. <laughs> Yeah. So went and checked on the elk after that. He was pretty beat up, bleeding out. Yeah, he so, he unfortunately was going to die. He he did not yeah. live through that, unfortunately. So we called the cops. We're waiting on them. We ended up waiting about an hour before we were like, okay, this is not okay. We still need to drive an hour and a half. It's almost midnight. We're exhausted. It's time. We call the sheriff. They decide, okay, you've been waiting long enough. You did your due diligence. You can go. Yeah. 
So we drove off. Luckily, no other issues on the way home. Um, I was petrified the whole time. Anytime you get after a car accident, you're always going to be extra diligent about what you're doing. Lots of lots of scanning into the shadowy corners of the road. And then slamming on your brakes, even though it's like nothing. But we did it. We made it home. Took some showers. Would sleep. And that was the Moab trip. That was the Moab trip, yeah. I Yeah. I really loved it. I mean it was it was a lot of progression packed into a short time. Uh only regrets was I wish I prepared more physically. I wish I had more stamina and more strength overall. That was pretty much the only downside for me. And um, yeah, I, it was it was great. I was super happy I rented that that Kona bike. That that was awesome. If I tried riding my hardtail down Moab, I I probably would have <laughs> been walking out of that. That would have been bad. Yeah. So the smartest smartest eighty dollars I ever spent there for mountain biking. I feel like. But yeah, it was it was wonderful. I do eventually want to go back to Moab, but I feel like we gotta gotta work our way back up to that now that we're equipped with better knowledge of what to expect. But yeah, I wanna I wanna get back into it. I wanna chase the next big thing. Wanna do some downhill parks, and I would like to go on to the next mecca of mountain biking, being Whistler. You know, I I have my passport never used the passport yet but i have it got 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 to use it for something so yeah i'm feeling almost the exact same sean i wish i was more physically there i think road biking will help me get to that to where i feel a little bit more comfortable on climbing and just those long burning legs style climbs yeah because i really struggle with that so i think i definitely want to work up to that for the next time that we go um i'm which I'm really proud of myself for, I guess, feeling comfortable overall. Yeah. Because I sure. definitely was worried that, because you, you talk about the whole enchilada, it's a scary, it's a big trail. Yeah, definitely. It's, everybody talks about it. So I was very worried that I wasn't going to be good enough in mm-hmm. the sense of just having the ability. Yeah, there's a lot of hype and mysticism kind of around the trail. Yeah, and I started getting the flow on UPS and LPS to the point where I wasn't even, like, stopping. Yeah. I was hitting the right lines. I was pumping through things. I was feeling like everything was right, which was a big booster for me because mm-hmm. now I'm like, okay, every black trail at Happy Jack and Kurt Gowdy is going to be mine. Right, for sure. There's no doubt that if I can do hazard – and then go straight into UPS with speed, then there's no reason for me to be like, oh, I can't, I can't do whatever. Yeah. It's maybe I'll have to walk through it the first time and check things out and make sure that I'm a little more confident on what is the best line choice and that type of thing. But I definitely know I can hit every blue and black at Kurt Gowdy and Happy Jack. Yeah, exactly. And, also for me, riding that full suspension bike, you know, it, it had 160 millimeter travel in the front, 150 in the rear. Man, that was a game changer. It's honestly that they could have given me any bike and it would have been a game changer. But that was a seriously capable bike. It had really big brakes, the four piston brakes, 200 millimeter rotors. I'm pretty sure, and it was extremely capable. And it was just just an awesome bike and finally like kind of unlocking some of that potential that I had have and actually hitting bigger features that I've never really been able to hit before. Just not being able to trust my 100 millimeter hardtail, you know, to be able to hit these bigger features. It was a night and day difference. And it was a big confidence booster that, you know, instead of always thinking that, yeah, I can hit those bigger things to finally putting it, the techniques that I know I have in me to actual practice and hitting those bigger features on the downhill, that was a big confidence booster. I think the trip overall was a super success. We had some kickbacks. We had some great moments. But I think we learned a lot about ourselves, about ourselves as riders. And I'm really excited to see where we go next. Like Sean said, we're trying to get to some downhill parks, probably mostly in Colorado. So if any of you have any recommendations, or if you're like, hey, hit me up on this Saturday, we should go. Hit us up. We'd love to go with you, especially if you know the bike park. 
because we're fresh and new to the bike park life. Yeah, for so sure. We'd love to have somebody show us around. Yeah, definitely. That would be super fun. Yeah, so check us out on the Instagram, Release the Adventure. Check us out on Twitter at Release the ADV. Yep. And we always have our updates on Twitter. That's usually our go-to check us out moment. Yep. And we have YouTube channel. I mean, it's just the podcast on the YouTube channel, but if you prefer YouTube, you can listen to it there now. And it's for whatever reason, it's kind of hard. If you just search release the adventure into YouTube, it's kind of hard to find us. So there's going to be a direct link in the show notes below. If you're interested in the YouTube channel. Perfect. So thank you guys for coming with us today. We really appreciate your guys' support. And I hope to see you out there riding soon.